This is Power Players with Dan Clark. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark, where it's my pleasure, my honor to interview some of the greatest student athletes in the history of the University of Utah. And with our football program surging for so many years, being back-to-back Pac-12 champions, not only do I have an opportunity to interview student athletes from the University of Utah, but superstar Pac-12 all everything players and get the inside scoop and ask the questions that all of us in the stands really want to know. And today, to join the rest of these amazing student-athletes that I've had a chance to interview for the last two years, Tawa uh, Laumea. I love these names, man. I think it's Polynesian for stud, muffin, hunk of burning love, Samoa, right? And what takes... What takes me back by surprise, ladies and gentlemen, is here's a six foot four, 311 pound, amazing athlete who is so humble, dude. Let's go back to how you were raised. You're one of 10 children. Did you grow up in Rialto, California? No, I grew up in Compton, California. Compton, what high school did you go to? I went to Eisenhower, so I, I lived in Compton, California, which is in L.A. County. Yeah. And then I moved <clears throat> to Rialto when I was like 10 or 9. No kidding. Yeah. So when I played <clears throat> up at the U, we had a bunch of guys from Compton and Inglewood, and okay. it was just a, a, just a great place, I suppose, to recruit superstars yeah. like you. So tell us about growing up. So mom and dad at home, nine brothers and sisters. Where do you fit in those uh, those 10 kids? Shoot, I'm number eight. So I have um, seven older siblings, and I have two younger siblings. Were they all athletes like you? Um, yeah, I like to think so. There are. We had a ton of athletes in my family. Um, two of my older brothers played football, too. So. Where did they play? Um, they both played juco. Both of my brothers went to Compton College different times, and my other brother made it to like some D3 or D2 school in uh, Philadelphia. Wow. Yeah. Were your sisters athletes too? Um, yeah, in high school, but yeah, I don't think they took their athletic career to college. So, so in your resume, you and I have a recorded uh, in, um, introduction of you, so that's why I didn't get into all the details. Okay. But you were quite the celebrated athlete in high school. Why in the world would you choose to come to the University of Utah to talk to us, man? You said celebrate. Yeah, I chose Utah because I really love that uh, family atmosphere. I could tell from my visit. Um, so story, like it's pretty crazy because my last high school game, we lost. And if we would have won that game, I would have never took my visit to Utah and I would have never came here. So it's, uh, we lost my last game and we're free the next week. I took my visit up here and I loved it. That's meant to be, baby. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's meant to be. So I'm really glad that we lost that last game. But, and I was able to come up here. But Yeah, something I really love about the program that I seen when I first got here is the, the family atmosphere. Like I could tell like everybody, like the old block room was very tight knit and then like everybody played for each other and I'm, I'm all about that. Like, it just helps to fight through those hard times in games when, you know, like, everybody's playing for the same cause. Mm-hmm. This podcast episode is sponsored by the University of Utah. So what other schools recruited you? 
Um, just <clears throat> some other Pac-12 schools, like most of them, not all of them. Um, yeah, I was really serious with Cal and UCLA, Oregon State, USC, like the other schools that I took my official visits to. So you all vis- you visited all of them before Utah visits, so that's yeah. why that last game matters. <laughs> yeah, so Utah was my last visit. Very cool. So what's your what's your major? What what interests you as far as school goes? Because you were all academic, all Pac-12 academic. I think your freshman year, right? Yeah, I, I just graduated this past spring. Oh my gosh! And your junior? Oh, this is this is your junior year. Yeah, I think my retro junior year. Yeah, good for you, man. Yeah, thank you. What did you graduate in? I graduated in uh, business administration. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy for that. So obviously you have all the talent, skills, and attitude to play at the next level in the NFL. What would you do on the off season with your degree? You know, like my buddy Steve Young, he went to law school on the off season so that when he hung up his cleats, he had something else to do. And then obviously he became a broadcaster. But you got any bigger dreams after you get through playing in the NFL? Oh, dang. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like when I meet to the league, um, probably during – my time in league or after, I'll probably like do a master's program. Really? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about either going back into architecture or doing real estate. Yeah. You know, the University of Utah has an awesome entrepreneurship program. Yeah. And it has an awesome real estate program. Oh, yeah, they do. And an awesome architecture department. Yeah. It's one of the top in the country. So good for you. Yeah, I was actually in the taking some architect classes before I changed my major. Um, like, being an athlete, you can't get a degree in all majors because you don't have the time Yes, sometimes. So, yeah, like, I took, like, architecture classes for, like, two, three semesters. And then I couldn't take classes anymore and then had to change the business administration, which I'm happy for. Wow. You know, and I, uh, I coached high school football, Skyline High School here in Salt Lake City for about six yeah. and a half years. We won the state championship once, and we were the first team to play Kahuku. Over in the North Shore, and then they came here, and we went there, and we came back and forth. And what that did, Tawa, is exposed us to the highest level programs in the country. Yeah. You know, Long Beach Poly and and De La Salle and Kahuku. They were always at the top of the national championships or the nationally ranked high school teams in the country. Yeah, even when I was in high school, there those guys are ranked. Oh yeah. And, in fact, you know, I had one of my offices in Danville, so I'd go over and watch the De La Salle games quite a few times. And uh, Tom Brady's uncle was the athletic director. Isn't that funny? What the heck? But I'm only bringing that up, my friend, because I want to know, we we compared our high school program to those elite programs because they were so amazing. And De La Salle, they, they weren't famous for having the biggest guys, but they were so disciplined, and their program was so amazing. And they fired off the ball every time. I, as I'm I'm sure you've seen film back in the day. So my question, my friend, is what programs have you played against that bring out the best in you? Because we're only as good as our competition, and you've been so good. You have, man. I've watched you a lot. You know, leading that extra push, firing off the ball, and and you're an amazing skill, you know, athlete, not just a big athlete, not just a big heart and a great attitude. So... You know, what, what programs have inspired you? What programs in the Pac-12 or in the country, including Florida or whatever, Michigan, have inspired you because they seem to be at a higher level and they bring out the best in you and the rest of the, the Utes? 
Um, Pac-12 is filled with a ton of great programs. Um, what comes to mind is like USC, Oregon, UCLA. Yeah, they've always been like consistently good. So I feel like every time I play them, I have to really like focus and lock in because uh, they have a ton of great players. They're great teams. So yeah. it was one of the best players you've played against since you've been at the U. Come on here, suck up to him. If he's in the NFL, maybe he'll be a teammate someday. Shoot. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, whenever people ask me that, I always say, like, one of my old teammates. So, like, a U. So, oh. I'll probably say, like, Lucky Foto or something. Like <laughs> it's, yeah, just because I don't like to throw names on other people. Uh, you're so funny. So, when are you going to run for governor, you politician? You go <laughs> oh, careful in that's cool. Okay, so let's talk about a hero of yours growing up. Did you have – one of the things I want to point out to parents listening in is when I played Little League football, my hero was not in the NFL. My hero was not in the, at, at the university. My hero was in high school. And once I got to high school, my hero that I wanted to be like was in college. And then when I got in college, my hero that I wanted to play like was in the NFL. So let's take us through your progression. As a young boy growing up, what – what, what inspired you? Who inspired you? What program, what team was your team that just kind of fired you up as a young man? Shoot, uh, my two brothers that played football inspired me. Um, growing up, going to their high school games, the environment. You know, high school games are, are alive. Like, oh, yeah. as a kid, there's so much fun cheering for your family. So being a kid and cheering my older brothers was, was really fun. And I feel like that's why I wanted to play so bad um, going to high school because of that. So now who inspires you in the NFL? Who, who's one of the players that you watch? Shoot. When I was a guard, I used to love uh, love to watch Quentin Nelson. I love uh, – Who does he play for? He plays for the Colts. He's their left guard. And who did he play for in college? He played for Notre Dame. So I've been following him since high school too. He's one of my favorite players. And then me at tackle, and I try to, like, watch other tackles. So, like, the greats, like Trent Williams and some of the newer guys that are doing really good, like – uh, Tristan Wirth, who plays for the Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. so. Any former Utes like uh, Bowles <laughs> over there, Brown, over at Denver? He's yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. He's a beast, and you know a little bit more about his story. And it's an yeah. unbelievable life story. But when he made it into the league, he wasn't getting a lot of action, so he had to figure out a way to take himself on the off season to the highest level. And that's what makes his story so cool yeah. for people like me. Yeah, a lot of props for Garrett. Absolutely, do a ton. Who else? I mean, we got, we got all kinds of. We got Beatles. We got, we've got. Uh, we played for the Carolina Panthers. I'm getting Shoot, uh, my first year in um, college. Somebody I really looked up to was Lucky Fotu. Oh yeah, I mentioned earlier. I'll compete against him. Oh yeah, but like I just really looked up to the type of dude he was and player he was. Just all around a great guy. I don't know if you ever met him, but yeah, he's he's a really good dude. Is he is part of his story? He didn't really play a lot of football growing up. He was mostly into rugby, or not? Yeah, I think he was. I think that was the case. Like he played a ton of rugby. Him just being a big athlete, like football came pretty, like easy. But yeah, he's definitely a workhorse. You know, he, he's talented, but he works really hard, and that's something I really did look up to about him. I love it. So in business, we. Uh, we say you don't com you don't create a competitive advantage by doing more than your competition. You do you create a competitive advantage by doing what your competition is not willing to do. Okay. So teach us about your training regimen. Why have you been able to stand out 
among some superstars that have come through our program, and you're still a very well-respected, standout superstar that we hope and pray does not leave early to go to the NFL. Let me repeat that, ladies and gentlemen. If you're in the NIL world and we need to continually keep here at the University of Utah, step up, buy him a new car, and maybe he's the first youth to drive his own, fly his own jet. I mean, come on, let's just fire up, baby. You're so good. You cannot leave us early. But let's just talk about reality, man. So what are you doing off the field that helps you become a better athlete and teammate on the field? Shoot. Um, I think uh, like this year, different than other years, I've been watching way more film. I definitely have more time now that I've graduated. Mm. Yeah, because uh, <clears throat> last year and the years before, like having like um, a busy degree, business isn't the worst, but it's like you have not really easy classes. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have the time now, and I've been watching more film than I did past years with our GA, Isaac Asiata. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, I have a good bond with that guy. Mm. And um, something I've been doing on my own too a lot is probably stretching, uh. stay nimble. You know, I think uh, that reduces flex- injuries big time. Yeah. So good for you. Flexibility is important, and uh, keep my muscles working, keep them good. Have you ever sustained any major injuries that put you back? Um, I've had two concussions since I've been in college. Uh, my first year. You should have just dated nicer girls. Come on. <laughs> No, they're definitely from practice, not drills. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I've had two concussions. I had, like, one slightly torn or one sprained MCL. Mm. Um, but, yeah, other than that, other than that, nothing crazy. So you brought it up. No one else has ever brought up the concussion protocol. Teach us as a fan in the stands wondering what happens. So. When you, I've had concussion. When you get have a concussion, the good news is you don't know you had a concussion because yeah, you're best. sitting on the other sideline going, "Why are these people in purple uniforms?" I want to say that's a good reason, because yeah. <laughs> uh, what's it called? My second concussion, I definitely didn't know I had one until like a couple practices later when we had a uh, we're running goal line and I didn't even know the play, and I was like, I swear I was in the huddle. I swear I heard the play, but I couldn't recall it. So I was like, yeah, I, I had to check it out, and then I found out I was concussed. Oh, no. So, yeah, that was the scary part. Just and then protocol, how long do they keep you out? What's the test they put you through? So they, um, they had me out for, like, three, four weeks. It was way longer than my first one. I mean, I'm thinking because I practiced a couple of days while concussed. But mm. Yeah, that was the protocol. They had me out and doing a couple, like, eye movement exercises and stuff like that. Wow. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by the University of Utah, who obviously invests and reinvests in their student athletes. So does that ever, uh, does that ever shake you a little bit wondering, yeah, you know, what, what do I do? Do you ever get counsel from your mom or, or someone? I was pretty severely hurt at the end of my career. And everybody asks me when I'm on a podcast, would you do it again? I'm like, absolutely, I would play again. There's no, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind. I can see it in your eyes. So that doesn't, that doesn't scare you away at all. It doesn't. You know, um, after my second one, I just made sure I was smarter about how I played, like not using my head as much during practice. But, you know, in a game, just use everything you got. Because mm-hmm. I feel like at practice, I would use my, my head too much. But you can't do that like for like 
longevity reasons. Yes, sir. So if you, uh, when you get drafted, which, what would be your favorite two teams to play for and why? Shoot, whatever team picks me up. Uh, You're too humble, man. Come on, um, talk. I don't, I don't have a favorite team. Um, I have some favorite players, but like, I would just be glad to play anywhere, to be honest. I love it. Is there, a, is there an interesting program that in, intrigues you, you know, going full circle? We were talking about the high school programs and the college programs you played against that kind of bring out the best in you. What do you think the best AFC and best NFC programs are in the league right now as far as culture and tradition and systems? To be honest, I don't even know, like, the difference between AFC and NFC. Like, I don't know which teams are in which. But I know, like, there's teams with really good old lines that I'd like to be a part of. Um, like Philadelphia? Philadelphia. <laughs> the old line is great. Um, like, that would be, be sick to be part of something like that. I know they have a good um, good culture, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other old lines. Um, the Colts, I think the Colts are pretty good. Probably because I just look at Quentin Nelson. But oh, yeah. That's all my head. I don't really know. So have you ever played any other positions? Did you play D-line D in high school? Did you go both ways? What did you do? Yeah, I played both ways. Um, I was like a three-tech nose guard or like wherever they needed me. Yes, yeah, so I played O-line. Um, O-line, I was left tackle. And then D-line, I was like wherever they needed me. So I watch you, and you got great foot, great feet, as we say, but you got great hands. So I played with a guy up at the University of Utah. His name was Steve Clark. He played in the NFL for nine years, okay. and he was an All-American D-tackle, and they converted him to offensive guard when he made it to the Miami Dolphins. Okay. So would that ever blow your mind if they moved you to defense because of your quick hands and your, your ability to get off a block? I mean, sure. you're, you're the guy that's initiating the block, but I watched your technique, man, and you'd be an awesome DN, man. You could be an <laughs> awesome DT. Shoot. Um, I think if I did move to D-line, for sure it wouldn't be D-N. I'm too slow. But, like, a three-tech in the league would probably be, like, more realistic. But, yeah, that will be sick. I'll, I'll shoot, like, to make it on the team, I'll play wherever. I love it. If that, if that did happen. You, know, but. you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. He could be a long snapper making, <laughs> you know, $3 million a year if he needs to. Okay, oh. <laughs> let's get personal. What do you do to get ready for a game? What's your routine? Shoot. I like to put my headphones on, like listen to music to just calm me down. What kind of music? Shoot. I have like a ton of corny music that I listened to in high school. Um, some like nostalgic stuff. or Like what? Come on, man. Like, shoot. Some, like top of my head, I'm thinking about like some Selena Gomez, a little Selena Gomez in there. No kidding. Yeah, just some stuff that just reminds me of. So are you single? Are you single? No, I have a girlfriend. That's good. I was going to say we could have Selena Gomez call you up and say, <laughs> what's up, baby? No, <laughs> She probably would even she'd be like, who the heck are you? No, man. If you're listening to her music, I've never heard that in my life. That's pretty yeah, cool, Selena man. Selena Gomez, yeah. That's, that's good. Some nostalgic stuff. But yeah, kind of like, come and get it? I mean, wasn't that her hit, her number one hit or something, I think? I don't even know. <laughs> Or some Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus has some good stuff. Yeah, listen to you, man. Good. Michael Phelps, you know, he's into hardcore rap, and there's a bunch of guys who just focus in on specific kinds of music. I've had a guest on, and that's all he listens to is ACDC, and now you're bringing in Miley and, 
and, oh, yeah. and Selena, this is good, man. Yeah, I like a little bit of reggae too, game day. Oh yeah. Yeah, I grew up with a lot of reggae, so I like the Bob Marley kind yeah. of flavor. Yeah, some Bob Marley or some island music. Oh is, yeah. yeah. You gotta love it. Okay, so what's your favorite food? Another personal question. Orange chicken. I feel like mm. growing, like, no matter what age, like, I think orange chicken is always good. Like, it doesn't change. I think as a kid, I would say, like, pizza or orange, chi- or orange chicken, but now, like, it's always orange chicken. Orange chicken is always top three, so I would say that's my favorite. Okay, so if you're not at the U and you don't have access to the cafeteria and you're stuck and you have to cook for yourself, what would you make? Orange chicken? Just go buy a bag and... <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could make orange chicken, but yeah, I'm definitely buying it. Um, but something I would cook at home... I used to cook a lot of top ramen. Mm-hmm. Top ramen is pretty good. So how do you how do you deal with weight loss and calorie loss during the season? That was always one of my greatest challenges. We work on the off season, we bulk up, we gain our weight, and then it's just week in and week out working our guts out. How do you keep your weight up, or how much do you lose during the season, and what do you do about it? Um, so like. Oh, uh, you mentioned like bulking up in off season. I definitely did. And I gained a ton of weight um, this past off season. I think I went up to like three twenty two. Right now I'm like three eleven, three oh eight. So like I just wanted to bulk up so I could like worry just worry about like strength and then when it comes time to play, I just like slim down and lean out a little bit, you know. Maybe just let the, the regimen of practice slim you down yeah, and not no, worry yeah, about you know, anything. Yeah, you know how it is. Like practice oh. you practice and just eat your meals. And it'll all work out, you know. Like practice definitely makes you lose a ton of weight and, and games too. So, very cool. So, what is uh, what's a favorite movie you've had, or what, what couple of favorite movies? <clears throat> I've always loved Lord of the Rings. Um, I like Lord of the Ring movies. Um, ever since I was a kid, I uh, love the fight scenes. Um, shoot, favorite other favorite. I like Harry Potter. Hmm. Harry Potter is always good and pretty nostalgic. Forrest Gump is one of my favorite movies. Um, Waterboys. Waterboys up there as well. Because <laughs> that reminds us of some of the teams we played on as we were growing up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, what I need you to do is look into the camera, my friend, and just tell any young man in America or anywhere in the world why in the world they should come and play football at the University of Utah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the U has a very great family atmosphere. Um, we have a good culture, and we win. We have winning seasons, so you win a ton of games if you come here. Yeah, and it's easier to walk around campus when you're winning than when you're getting drill- drilled, right? <laughs> yeah, I haven't been a part of a losing program since high school, so I'm glad. Yeah. So let's get really personal. So you were here when uh, when Jordan and Lowe uh, were taken out. Tell us about the inside scoop on what that did to you as a teammate, what it did to, to the Ute culture. And one of the things I got emotional last week thinking about it, my friend. Sure. But in the stands, what, what really touches my heart, Tawa, is watching the opposing team players pay respect, take off their helmets. Some of the guys kneel. The coaches stop talking. And of all the fourth quarter things that we could get involved with, 
that's one of the things that puts football in perspective. When people say, hey, let lighten up, it's only a game, you and I both know, no. It's a war and it's a profession and I'm going to give it the best I've got. What do you mean it's only practice? Don't give me that. Yeah. But I got through playing. You'll eventually get through playing. So what matters most, as you keep saying, is family and friends. So take us through that experience as an athlete on the team. How did you hear about the news and who decided to do what we do in the fourth quarter? Kind of give us the inside scoop there, my friend. Yeah, I found out about um, Ty's passing, I think, Christmas. I think one of my – I think my coach texted in the online group chat about the pass, his passing and told us to let him know if we need anything. But I didn't even know prior to that. And I was just like, what the heck? Like, And then I started looking it up during my research, and I found out he passed. Mm. But I think as a player that, like, it messed me up because – I like I played alongside him. I blocked for him. He's a great player, great teammate, and he was a great person and it's just it's just sad when people like that, young talents that are like he was so young and he was so good and it was just it was just sad to see something like that happen. Mm-hmm. And he had a big heart and then we always talk about how big his smile was. Yeah, he yeah, he had a he had a affectionate smile that would change the whole room. Yeah, he was he was a unique young man. Yeah. And what about Lowe? Did you know him as well? Yeah, I, I knew Lowe. Um, I came in to college with Lowe. We're both the class of 2019. Um, he's a very quiet guy, similar to Ty, deep voice. Um, he's a great guy as well. He has a big heart. Um, yeah, personality-wise, I could, yeah, you know, Lowe, he would never do anybody wrong. Mm. And he was just kind-hearted. I know he practiced hard, played hard. He was a good player as well. So I only ask that question, my friend, because how do you want to be remembered when you leave the U? You know, you and I have played on a lot of teams. I played for 13 years, my friend. And we have teammates that stand out. We have teammates that only ran when the coach was watching, so we never trusted them. You know how that is. But how do you want to be remembered by your teammates and how you want to be remembered by the fans? Because like I said, the second you walked in this podcast room, you're this mountain of a human being, but you're so humble. You're just killing me, man. It's so cool. It's so refreshing to see somebody like you who just loves life and and people love you for that. So how do you want to be remembered, man? Sure. I want to be remembered as a great teammate, a great person, and a great player. What's a great teammate? A great teammate is someone like you could like rely on in a game that they would like give everything they have. I like to think that I do that, and I like to support my teammates too when they're in like a mental fog. You know, how like some bad plays can affect a player's performance. I like to be that guy to help them snap out of it. Because mm-hmm. uh, like being a vet, like I've had some games like that too, where like a play can affect the whole game. But I just like to be there, like that person that's like there for everyone else, like morally, physically, and yeah, everything else. So if you miss a block and you turn around and your your guy sacks the quarterback, how do you recover for the next play? Just try to flush it out mentally and just go back to the next one. Um, so the average football play is thirty. At the, at you have thirty seconds on the shot clock. 
And the average football play lasts five seconds, which means you have 25 seconds in between each play to get your head right. Yeah. How, what do you do? I just, I mean, like, everything you work on on practice, like, like all the, all the drills and stuff, like, I think that's all the stuff you go back to when uh, when it hits the fan, you say. And um, I like to just refer all, back to all the training that I did, just flush out my mistake. Like, I take into account what I messed up on, but try not to think about me messing up as much and just, like, try to be positive and worry about the next play because that one play, you can't let it define the whole game, you know? Yeah. So it's mental preparation and then physical preparation. So which easier to forgive yourself if you make a mental mistake because you didn't watch film or whatever, or the guy got the best of you because you can't expect an All-American, you can't defeat an All-American on every one of the 60 plays. Let's just be honest. At some time, some point, he's going to win something, right? Yeah, true. But yeah, I do find it harder when you know that you didn't prepare. But that's why I try to prepare so I don't think like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so what do you say to a teammate when they when they screw up? Um, shoot, like lock in and your best play is the next play. Like just uh, just make it up the next play or something like that. Just try to say something positive that hopefully sticks to them. So let's conclude by what you've learned from football that's made you an outstanding young man that will make you an awesome husband someday. I know your girlfriend's going to listen on this, so let's just suck up to her a little bit. No names, no names. But it'll make you a great father, a great, a great man. What have you learned from football, from Coach Whittingham, from your offensive line coach, from everybody that has contributed to your character development? What, what have you learned that will help you become a better human being? True. I think a lot <clears throat> that's helped me outside of football is when things get hard to like push through. Because I think, um, like you know, football is, is not an easy sport to play. Um, you got to put like the whole off season in to play during season, and off season isn't easy. And I think one thing I learned the most is to like persevere through hard moments. Um, I definitely had some off the field stuff that has affected me personally. I feel like just being part of like Utah football and being mentally tough, like they're teaching us that in, day in and day out. Like I feel like that has helped me so much with the, my life outside. Like I've had my uh, my grandma pass away my mm. freshman year, mm. and that affected me a lot because she was my mom basically. She raised me, mm-hmm. and like what football did for me in high school was. I feel like it distracted me from everything else, like, but, like, it helped me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many bad things you could be doing outside of football, but I feel like it just kept me focused on something else. So, like, I just practiced, played, and I just felt like it just helped me take my mind off of what was going on. Mm-hmm. This podcast episode is sponsored by the University of Utah. So, again, out there in the name image and likeness world, the NIL world, I want you to pay particular attention to Tao because of what he has said and taught us about who he is as a human being. And the coolest thing is, is if you step up right now and help this young man, I'm sure he's got a couple of tickets to his NFL uh, season opener, depending on how much money you send his way. Ha! I'm a rude man, but let's call it. Come on, 
let's just call them out right now. Do you want to tell us how you can get a hold of you on, on social media? How do, how do we follow you, man? Shoot. Um, I'm not very active on social media, but you can try to hit me up on social media. I have Instagram, Twitter. Just probably look up my name and you'll probably find it. Spell um, your name. S-A-T-A-O-A. And then my last name is Laumea, L-A-U-M-E-A. Until we meet again, um, let's support and follow our University of Utah student-athletes, especially number 78, the right tackle for the University of Utah. They will be Pac-12 champions this year, I predicted. Have a good day. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.